Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you that the phones are open for you throughout the show here up until noon when we're going to be at Window World with uh, Niles and Halim Sheena. But 888-654-4897. And then at 1030 here, we've got uh, Chris Rigney calling in from Spectrum. Yes. Chuck, you remember when you were a kid. We did a... We did a, uh, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. But we did a show years ago. We asked everyone to call in and tell us what their oldest appliance was they had in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had some people that had 40-year-old appliances in the oh, house. Oh, yeah. And, and many still do. There are many freezers. Freezers and, and older refrigerators and garages. Yes, in garages and basements yeah. that still work. And that's when we first started talking about the phrase design obsolescence. And what design obsolescence is, is exactly what it says. They design it to fail, or they design certain parts of the product to fail, whether that be a vehicle, an iPhone, a radio, you name it. It is part of the strategy. Is that yeah. fair to say? The country of France has made designed obsolescence illegal. You know, I'm going to be real curious to see how that plays out, because my complaint over the last several years has been with software. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whether it's on a phone or a laptop or whatever, if you don't go purchase the new product, you literally cannot use your old product anymore. So I, I'll be curious to see if that applies to that as well as a water heater. <laughs> well, the French authority used this new law to investigate reports that Apple deliberately slowed down their phones. We know we know that happened, and they used it for that reason, and that's what prompted prompted the law. Oh. Design obsolescence, and I believe it should be a law everywhere, Chuck. Now, you and I have talked about yeah. with a lot of the standards they're setting for today, that is making some of this more likely to fail. You know, so, like they're making the vehicles so much more lighter. You know, so how easy All it is. Oh, in terms of fuel economy. Exactly. Or, yeah. For every action, there's a reaction. Even in the furnaces negative. and water heaters. Exactly. Yeah. That's not lasting. And I, I pray that's not designed. Um, and if it is, let's, let's, make, let's, let's get them. Right, let's well, let's it. keep our finger on the pulse of that because over time that that should be really interesting. I agree. All right, we have two callers from Shelby lined up. Let's start with Linda. How are you, Linda? You're on with the guys. Okay, I'm great. Thank you. Um, I have a pocket door between my laundry room and my kitchen, and when I pull it shut, it's rubbing uh, on the front part that faces the kitchen and and causing black marks. Is there any way I can get that fixed? Should be someone in there to be able to adjust it back onto the track properly. Yeah, I'm just going to say, um, is does it actually feel like it's rolling on the track, or does it feel like it's, you know, you literally are pulling it without rollers at all? Well, I, I think it's partly doing that, rolling on the track, but it, it doesn't shut as easy as my other pocket door does. Okay, and it's the black, problem, yeah. do you know what the black is coming from? It, it's rubbing against something. I, I think On the it's top? rubbing the paint off. No, it's One like One side in the of the top? Of the, in uh, the middle? It's like in the middle of the, of the door. Okay, and then let me ask you one more question. Are those solid core doors or are they hollow doors? How do I tell that? Is it fairly lightweight, or does it feel like it's a pretty heavy door when you pull it? Well, let me go pull it here. Okay. I think no hurry. I think it's fairly... Yeah, I think it's fairly heavy. Interesting. Uh, if it's in the middle, 
then chances are that door has actually uh, warped, you know, kind of bowed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be a lot tougher fix. Uh, I mean, it's obviously still on the tracks. It's still rolling on the track above. The rollers are still good. So you might be able to get somebody that can, uh, we've got some handy people or, you know, right, yep. Ken? Yep. That might be able to come in there and sand that face down that's bowed and refinish it. Yeah, to actually, I mean, to put a new pocket door in, uh, that's a big job. So... Yeah, yeah, let's okay. let, let do you have a uh, pen handy? Yes, I do. Okay, we want you to call a company called Michigan's Handyman. Michigan and the phone handyman? number is Yes, the phone number is uh 248 506 4000. Do you think they'll have to take the door off? He's going to have to come out and inspect it, ma'am. It's not so easy just to take a pocket door off. Yeah, they might. But if somebody knows what they're doing, you know, here's here's the perspective to take. If if someone knows what they're doing, they built it when there was nothing there to begin with. So they a a good person can disassemble it, take it out, put it back, and you'll never know it was off. You know, off the uh, rails, so to speak. Okay. So they would probably have to take, what, the molding off that's, that's around yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll have to strategically pop off. And those moldings are typically put on with finished nails and brads. So someone that knows what they're doing can literally pop them off. Uh, they mm-hmm. may have to be repainted when they're reinstalled uh, just to blend them in, but th- th- that shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, but notwithstanding that, yeah, if they're going to pull the door off, they're going to pull some of the stops off and in the side moldings. Okay. Does that help? Yep, I think so. Kind of scary if you don't know how to do it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Is that who I should ask for? Uh, just yeah, just ask Michigan Remodelers. They have guys who I'm sure they have a lot of different employees. I'm sure they have guys that specialize in this and come out and help you. Yeah, they'll ask you what the okay. issue is, and you you just explain it to them. Thank you for your okay. call, Linda. Okay, have a great thank day. you. Bye. Hey, bye bye. Hey, Greg, how you doing, buddy? It's Mr. Positive, you guys, warriors. <laughs> All of our actions affect what will be. Trust in His guidance. And soon you will see. Hey, you guys, thank you. Um, let me, the question I want to ask is about uh, the septic tank. What is the best maintenance to do on it? Should you empty it twice a year? Should you put chemicals? The types of toilet paper. Sometimes we have problems at uh, our septic tank where I live in Shelby. And uh, just was wondering your thoughts. Well, Regularly, it also depends how how much it's used. I mean, if you're a single guy, you don't got to worry about it as much if you have a family of or abused. Six, how or, much it's abused? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, family of six or seven has to worry about it more. But we love the Ridex pro- products. Those are something you should be putting in on a regular basis. Unfortunately, people can't tell or prove that it works, but it definitely works. well. Ridex claims to be able to. Yeah. Um, and if you keep bleaches out of it, out of the system, you keep uh, feminine hygiene products out of the system, um, that's huge. Uh, that's really, really big. Um, what about the toilet paper? Uh, toilet paper, again, unless you've got a family of eight, 
you know, that's just really, really going through their, you know, <laughs> the paper. An obese family of eight, is that what you think? Yeah, for the most part, well, toilet no. paper isn't a big issue. I mean, obviously, the less of it you use, the better, because it does have to biodegrade. Very good, very good. Thanks, you guys, and everyone go for your dreams. There's we no agree. encore. <laughs> See you, Greg. you guys. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank care, you. Thank you know, that's the thing about toilet paper, if you ever... See it laying outside, it disappears. <laughs> but it biodegrades faster, no doubt. It, yeah, it, it does. It's intended to, and, and, and it does. And it, it's interesting, you know, his question just it, it makes you want to talk for three hours on septic systems, you know. So sometime maybe we go into a deeper explanation of what the possible issues are with Greg's question, and then you answer them based on what you discover. And with these freezing tempers, temperatures that we've had, I'm sure a lot of people are having issues uh, with those, uh, no, they shouldn't because it's a heat generating issue or heat generating. Well, that's system. true. The fields. I mean, it's, I, yeah. I'm sure the the guys are probably busier this time of year. But listen, we're going to go to break. When we get back back from break, we're going to talk to uh, Chris Rigney from Spectrum Remodeling. If you're thinking about a three season room, stick around. You're going to want to hear Chris. In the meantime, you've heard Paul W. talk about him. You've heard us talk about him. You hear people talk about his roofing and how wonderful it is all over the place. And we must be talking about. Victor's Roofing. Good morning. Welcome back to the Inside Outside Guys. Laughing and learning 24-7 at theinsideoutsideguys.com. The Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. You know, Chuck, I remember when we first started on on WJR, we had a a home show almost right after we started. And, And a lot of people, you know, we were on another station for nine years. But when we came here, a lot of people, we had to introduce ourselves. And the first home show, everyone knew who we were on the home show, but we had a lot of people coming up to us congratulating us uh, for, for being on WJR. And I remember uh, when the next guest walked up to us and said, hey, love, love listening to you guys. Uh, Want to be part of your team. Bless your heart. I don't remember yesterday. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> really? I love that you remember that stuff. That, that's cool. That's yeah. Yeah. And we've had a great relationship with uh, – Chris Rigney and Sunspace by Spectrum ever since. And, and since then, Steve, or I'm sorry, um, Chris has, I think with the help of his team, has diagnosed a very serious disorder a lot of people in Michigan and the Midwest um, live with that Chris is here to talk about and hopefully help some of our, our listeners. How are you doing, Chris? Great, guys. How are you? How can you not be good? Sunshine. Yeah. You know, you enjoy as long the, as you're not uh, outside. And Chris, you, I got to tell you. Are you preferring here or in Florida? Well, you know, it's funny. We ran in Florida. I mean, we walked. We, 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 it was one of those you got up, you saw the sun, you went inside a building, you came out, the sun was setting. So it was a wonderful thing to be able to do. It was work. But we really didn't get to enjoy the fantastic weather. But we we heard some great comments regarding you and what you do for people in this market from the yuppie-yups that were manning the uh, Spectrum booth at the International Builder Show. So we just wanted to pass that on to you because people don't always oh, know. Oh, yeah, those guys Those guys that always try to take credit for what we do. No, they were actually giving it to you. <laughs> they actually like yeah, you, Chris. Yeah, you know, it's amazing, right? No, those guys are great. And uh, I was hoping to go to that show, but we were just so busy that uh, I wasn't able to get down there and help those guys out. Good problem to have. Yeah, it is a good problem to have. So, talk to us about Spectrum Remodeling, Chris. Um, how how long have you been in been with Spectrum Remodeling? What do you do, and how can you help our listeners? 
Well, you know, Spectrum's been around since uh, 2010, and uh, you know, de- derived from a from a previous 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 company where we kind of changed the direction. We kind of we still do other things, but we kind of left the the basic roofing siding window. I mean, we still do that stuff, but not nearly as much as we used to. Um, our main focus now is the the Sunspace uh, product line, and we're a branded dealer for Sunspace, which uh, one of you know 250 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, which is why you saw uh, corporately us down here at the uh, trade show. Um, you know what's funny? But now it's, I'm you know, sorry. Sunrooms, decking, yeah. railing, you know, any of the outdoor uh, the outdoor uh, play areas, right? We uh, get so many emails from people that in the past have had a three or four season room installed and they're having problems with the tie-in wall to wall and roof to roof. And it's one of those things, you know, if people, the space gets done, they see pretty windows and doors and they go out and enjoy it and they don't even think about those other areas. Is that something you feel you have an expertise in doing well and properly? Yeah, and I think it, it comes from a lot of, uh, you know, I think for us, what makes us stand out is from where we originated from as a roofing company and still are, you know, Owens Corning preferred roofing contractors. We're still certified siding installers. Uh, you know, we still have that expertise. We still have those those people to, to help us make sure that those connections are right, that the you know, that everything's done properly. And I think you have to understand how the roof goes on. You have to understand why the siding's there and what it does and how it works in order to add these rooms to it and not have a problem with, you know, water infiltration and, and different things like that. So what should people expect, Chris, if, if they get a three-season room? How long should they expect to enjoy something like that and, and issues? Let's talk warranty, all those things. Well, I mean, a three-season room is designed to for you to enjoy, you know, nine months out of the year uh, without a heating source, right? Um, an all-season room is designed to enjoy all year with a heating source, and that's kind of the key is uh, there's no such thing as an all-season room without a heating source. Even your yeah, house isn't an all-season room without a heater. Right. So, right. And that's with, with all the insulation and everything. So, you know, you can use the three most and majority of the rooms that we do are three season rooms uh, from a cost standpoint. They're a little bit, they're more affordable. Um, and you can incorporate a heating unit in there and, and get more life out of it. And, and we have clients that we have plenty of clients that use them all year round. Um, it takes a little bit more to heat and cool it, but. Um, it's definitely more cost effective. So if I'm if I'm a client and I tell you I want to make it a four season room, are you going to do anything different than what, if I was going to make it a three season room, or is that just someone else coming in and putting the heating source in? Well, no, the room the room is different. Um, you know, we so if someone's adamant about wanting a four season room and they want to use it and they want to open the uh, the house envelope right and keep that open. So now we're we're getting more into a it's a, a a thicker, more insulated room. We're talking about uh, double pane insulated low E glass, just like we would put in, in, in the house. Um, and it's a different animal. A three season room is typically there's single pane glass or, or our weather master windows, which actually will outperform that glass. Um, and then we do need to put the heater in it to, to allow people to use that all year round. 
What are your Weathermaster windows, Chris? you want to explain that to people? So the Weathermaster windows are a, a vinyl polymer glazing instead of glass, and those windows will retract. And so the screen is, is always there. Um, the windows now will open and convert that space into a, you can go from a three-season room when you need it, or you can retract the windows either up or down and, and open that up as a screen room. Uh, when you want to enjoy that, and that's going to allow us, you know, 75% airflow in, in a wall. Um, so it's going to really open that room up and give you the best of both worlds where you have a screen room when you want it and you have a three-season room when you need it. You said and vinyl. You scared me with that. What Will those hold up? Yeah, so especially formulated vinyl, uh, they'll stay nice and pliable till third, you know, 35 degrees. We guarantee them for the life of the product. Uh, they're UV protected, which is the difference between plastic. And there's so much more done to this vinyl polymer than would be done to a basic plastic, as far as UV protection and the, and the formulation that allows it to stay flexible, so it doesn't get hard and brittle. The UV protection keeps it from getting yellow, dingy, and breaking down. Uh, so it's a lot different than a typical plastic would be. And those windows would be so, a, a better option for a family full of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're basically, they could punch those windows and you it's going to bounce back. Able, great white hunter, you were not able to punch through one of those windows. I could have punched through it, but Chris said he's going to charge me a bunch of money. Oh, so is that what uh, made you hold back here? <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, golf course, you know, golf courses, it's great. Yeah. You know, we don't have to worry about breaking windows. Uh, kids, pets can't hurt it. Uh, they're virtually indestructible, which glass is not. Um, and then, but again, the weight factor allows that room, uh, to convert, uh, you know, to go back and forth and those windows are allowed to retract because of that weight issue. And so that glazing has to be extremely durable because we guarantee it for the life that you own that room. So, wow. Now, now, Chris, your product, you know, the three seasons rooms, the sun rooms, they've been around forever and there was a lot of, um, R and D in the field, uh, if that's safe to say. So someone who may have, may have had a three-season rooms installed 30 years ago compared to what they're going to have installed today, oh, can wow. you kind of explain the difference in those, please? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially for us, the uh, just getting into the strength of the aluminum extrusions, uh, the power coating, you know, and the finishes of the paint is, is night and day. Um, the the uh, They're insulated now with the insulated foam panels, uh, so we don't have to worry about, you know, they're not just a, hot, a piece of aluminum skin. And, and for us, that is the, you know, we're a custom, we custom make every room for every house. It's not a cookie cutter thing at all. We don't have any pre-made sizes of windows or nice. any of that. So that's going to make bigger windows, larger windows. The room's going to always feel more open and you don't have as much fill, uh, which typically is the one thing that people could look at and say, well, I like it, but I don't like that. And that we eliminate all of that. And so it's mostly just, it's all window uh, with the heavy duty framing. So we don't have to worry what? about uh, Go ahead. You can use those insulated panels for the roof as well, right? Today? We do. So, yeah. So our roofing and our floor for our rooms are basically um, a SIPS panel is what it is. So it's, it's uh, seven sixteenths plywood, you know, laminated with uh, six inches, eight inches, four inches of foam, whatever we need that to be. 
And you guys, I'm sure, have seen that at the shows and the SIPS panels and building houses out of that. That is the floor of our room. That is the roof of our room. Um, and that allows us to shingle it uh, properly, no, no different than we would a house. Um, we have the same substrate at that point for the floor, the roof, the ceiling, everything. So and that like really that. sets us apart there. That really does, and that's an awesome product. And realistically, if it's being used as the roof panel, then that's going to be cooler in the summer when the sun's out, right? Absolutely. That insulation is going to keep it warmer in winter in the floor, especially, and then the, in the in the roof's not going to generate as much heat because um, you know that's going to it's bringing an R R twenty three R twenty seven I think it is to the roof on a hey. six inch panel. Chris, we have to go to break. This has been a really fun discussion, but when we get back from break, we got to get serious and, and talk about a, 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 a serious problem here in Southeast Michigan. That's OPD. And we want yeah. people to stick around because we're going to have a serious discussion and we know you can help them out with that. In the meantime, anyone thinking they need to move that air in their house, they may need some ceiling fans. You may need, you may need some new switches, some new plugs, maybe a full standby generator. We want you to call our good friends at Bratcher electric blessed to be here and enjoying this show with you our listeners thank you so much for being with us we want to remind you boy it's been a long time since we've asked anybody to pay the freight but the uh, cost <laughs> of enjoying the show is for you to tell everybody you know about the inside outside guys the inside outside guys.com the inside outside guys on facebook and is that it yeah i think so you asked an interesting question about something called what was it? O C O P. It was. I think it was about a year ago. You came in, and it was it was same time of year, and it was really cold out, and you were just shaking. You were just shaking. You just said, "Yeah." I threatened to end my life. Yeah, I think you you you, you were tough. I know. I could tell you were close to the edge, and I called Chris right away, and I said, "Chris, Chuck has O P D. How 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 can you help him, Chris? What can we do, Chris? You remember the conversation?" I do, I do, and it's, it's bad, and it's spreading, right? And so, but there's a there's a cure for it, you know. So open porch disorder, right? So in Michigan, especially right now, we have uh, a, a huge surge in, in new construction and um, where these open porches are being designed, and it's wonderful. And then people get in there about six months, or if they move in in the summertime, it's great. And then they realize that uh, how short-lived uh, the enjoyment is on that open porch because there's nothing more useless in Michigan than an open porch. You know, if you had, <laughs> if you had uh, uh, one of your porches with uh, just the vinyl window, you could be sitting out there today with the sunshine yeah. and enjoying that space, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. That turns that space into a fallout space that you can use all year. Um, the bugs, you don't have to worry about the bugs. You don't have to worry about any of that. And so now you can really enjoy that porch and, and again, when you retract the windows down and it's all screen, and, and of course we use uh, a product called BetterView Screen, which is standard on our on our products. That's the most visible screen on the market, so we don't want you feeling like you're looking through screens. So um, it just feels open, and you don't have to worry about the bugs, and you don't have to worry about cranking things up or down or sliding things back. But as soon as you do that to get out to get to the grill, um, now you spend you know the next two hours chasing bugs because you let the bugs in the room. So this is just going to keep them out all the time and allow you to enjoy that porch. And generally, Dogwood. most porches, yeah, yeah, we can enclose those porches within a day. Um, you know, we do so much of the work, you know, behind the scenes so that the install goes relatively quick. And so we come in and we're less disruptive. We can enclose that porch. 
and now you can enjoy it for you know four seasons. So Chris, if I if I'm at home and I have a deck, I have a an open deck off my back, you know, backyard, my back of my house. Can you build right on top of that? More than likely, no. Um, current, you know, the a deck that's been built recently. Uh, there's a chance that we can, based on the code changes and, and deck construction. But majority of the time, um, they just weren't uh, built with with a with that kind of a load in mind. And so there's some changes and some upgrades that we would have to do to it. Um, so that, you know, so we can do it with uh, typically with some some structural changes. Um, if it's an older deck, then we're most likely going to have to, you know, take it down to start over, which most of the time is the best thing to do. Anyway, when you're talking about putting a room on. And, and when you say some, you can uh, put it on with some changes. You can basically reinforcing the deck at that point, correct? Yeah, we're putting, uh, you know, proper uh, a proper footing in, uh, adding some, some some support changes to it, making sure that uh, you know, because if they've built them. You know, typically a deck's been built on 16 on center or things like that. We just want to sure that up and make sure that uh, from a structural standpoint that it'll hold. And we have an engineer on staff that will, you know, give us the guidelines of what we need to do. And so that way we can work with the city to make sure that they're okay with that. Working with the city, you mentioned codes. You take care of all that for the homeowners or anything they need to worry about at all? No, we take care of all of that, and, and I was just talking with a client last week, and they said, well, you know, do you, uh, who takes care of the permits? No, that's us. We take care of all that. We, we take care of the engineering. We take care of the permitting. We take all that. And I know I've heard you guys say it, and I'll say it, too, is if someone's telling you, hey, yeah, you pull the permit, you know, run. You know, that's our job. We, we need to take care of that. I love that you said that, and that kind of ties into what Ken alluded to a little while ago with regard to your warranty, and you've mentioned it a couple times in passing with individual product. How do you handle warranty on the completed project, Chris? Well, our warranties are lifetime on the, on the products, um, including... The, Who's you know, lifetime? Even if, lifetime of the product. Isn't that always a joke? So, I mean, you always hear that. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? a life. Life is twenty, right? No, um, <laughs> life, lifetime lifetime of the product. It is transferable. Um, there's some minor changes. Not, not, not really. Not, we're not gonna. We we guarantee the screens. We guarantee the vinyl. Um, some of the, when, when our warranty transfers, we don't. Uh, you know, the screen and, and that, that stuff becomes kind of a service issue. But for for the original purchaser of the product itself, it's it's everything is encompassed and. We locally take care of that. So, um, warranty so, work so, is violent. Something you, know, you do all the time, sure. Yeah, well, we don't. We don't, right? That's the, that's the nice thing. Uh, gotcha. You know, we don't we don't run around doing a lot of warranty work because we're using products and, and installation methods that you know kind of tone that down. But you, I mean, every once in a while, you do have something in manufacturing things like that. So, but everybody's uh, you know from corporate on down to the dealers. That everybody's on the same page when it comes to warranty, and we need to get that taken care of. Good, good. We love we love hearing that. Um, now, what about uh, your timing? Because today's a day where people woke up and went, "Wow, this is pretty out there," and someone may be listening, and you know, this is something we think we want for our back backyard. Uh, if they called you tomorrow, what what are we looking at as far as timing goes? 
it's the timing right now is is uh, is an issue, and, and so we're urging people, and we and we get it, and we do this all year, and I heard you guys talk about it too. Um, people wait, you know, it's cold, it's snow, but it's pretty outside, but they don't feel like it's time, and it, it is time. It is if you want to enjoy something this summer, have any chance of enjoying something this summer, we've got to start working and ordering that product now, especially with, you know, we're still experiencing problems with shipping and. Uh, material and paint and, and resins and, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes problems and um, you know for a lot of us we can you know we're kind of moving on and getting to normalcy as far as our day-to-day goes with with that pandemic but there's still a lot of back back issues with material and shipping and, and, and uh, things like that that we're, we're having to contend with so we can't stress more to get that order in now the phone number is 313-800-6828. The website, Chris, is what? Spectrum www.spectrum4remodeling.com. And then I'll see another phone number here. I apologize. This is a, the, the local number, 586-697-5618. And as always, you can find Chris's and Spectrum's information at theinsideoutsideguys.com. Chris Rigney, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you showing Thanks, up. Guys. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. God All bless. Right, we'll you too, to you too, my friend. You too, my friend. Okay, let's go ahead. You had a great new team partner. If you need something painted, whether it's the outside, the inside, and, and also any handyman services, we have a great new team partner. Yeah, and I'm thinking don't replace those kitchen cabinets. Refinish them. Yeah, have yeah. them refinished by McFarland Painting. Olympics, of course, all worrying signs for U.S. officials who expect Russia to launch a full-scale invasion of this country. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. Aggressive police tactics worked in Canada's capital, where protesters have been cleared out. I saw protesters kneeling and praying and begging officers. Truck driver Chris Clark. Several streets around the U.S. capital are blocked in case U.S. truckers stage a similar protest. Britain's Queen Elizabeth is receiving get well wishes from around the world after testing positive for COVID-19. Buckingham Palace says she has mild symptoms. Israel is opening its doors to foreign tourists, whether they're vaccinated against COVID-19 or not. Starting next month, unvaccinated tourists will be permitted to enter if they test negative for COVID-19 twice. Travelers will need to take a PCR test before their flights and upon landing. America's listening to Fox News. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, the Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day, going far beyond the headlines, tapping into the massive reporting resources of Fox News to provide a full picture of the news of the day. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey, this is Trey Gowdy, host of the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Every Tuesday, you'll hear what's on my mind. Plus, every Thursday, there's a special bonus episode where we answer the questions that are on your mind. Make sure to spend your Tuesdays and Thursdays with Trey. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Hope to see you. America is listening to Fox News. 
More testimony tomorrow in the federal civil rights trial against three former Minneapolis police officers. Two of three former Minneapolis police officers, Tutau and J. Alexander King, told jurors last week that they did what they were trained to do, deferring to their superior, the now convicted Derek Chauvin, during George Floyd's arrest in 2020. Tao is saying his role was to control traffic and onlookers. A use of force expert also testified that MPD's training to intervene was inadequate. Tao, King and Thomas Lane are charged with violating George Floyd's civil rights and face state criminal charges in Minneapolis later this summer. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. A North Carolina police officer is recovering after being shot during a traffic stop yesterday. This is the type of world that we live in. Um, we just had a conversation with the White House and some other sheriffs about the violence that's in our cities each and every day. Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden, the suspect, was also shot and wounded before being taken into custody. The Olympic flame has gone out in Beijing more than two years after the coronavirus first emerged in China. During the Games, athletes, Olympic workers and the media were heavily restricted. Everybody wore masks and took daily COVID-19 tests. Engines will rev in Florida this afternoon as the Daytona 500 kicks off the NASCAR season. Driver Corey LaJoy spoke with Fox and Friends Weekend. Daytona isn't really physically abusive, it's mentally, right? So it's essentially you're playing chess with a 3,600-pound race car for four hours. And you're trying to position yourself uh, in the right line at the right time. And you're trying to also keep your car straight because the only way you can win this thing is if you're straight there at the end when the white flag waves. The Daytona 500 begins at 2.30 Eastern. It airs on Fox. I'm Pam Puso, and this is Fox News. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you the phone lines are open at 888-654-4897. And I want to thank Chris Rigney for taking time out of a Sunday, uh, usually a family day, but for a lot of business owners, at least our team partners, they're working seven days a week, aren't yes, they, Ken? It's they crazy. Um, it's, it's just been amazing. Hey, want to uh, throw something out there. You know, Ken was talking about the planned obsolescence thing earlier and a lot of you um, send us emails looking for small appliance repair. And we have some companies we trust. But I got to tell you, I'm a coffee fool. So I have the espresso. I have the Keurig, right? You know that. You could put anything in place of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, if one of those machines stops, I know it's a minimum $100 bill and and driving to a place and making the phone calls and doing all that I have to do to try to get somebody to repair that. And sadly, I call those appliances throwaway appliances. So many so many things out there that you get a receipt for and you go, yeah. if it goes wrong, am I going to really bring it back? No. No. Yeah. Am I going to pay someone to fix it? No. <laughs> I mean, I can go buy it you know, for the price price of repair plus I don't know whatever, pick a number, sixty bucks, eighty bucks, right? And we gladly will give you these appliance companies, repair companies. Uh, so keep the emails coming, but we usually qualify our response with it may not be worth your while, <laughs> and I hope we don't offend anybody by calling them throwaway appliances. Uh, I hate, man, I am old school. My dad was Depression era mentality. Yes. I hate throwing yes. away stuff like that. You say that I remember my grandmother, oh, I'm going to clean gosh. up the basement. Uh, pill bottles, I mean, 
hundreds of pill bottles. She threw away nothing. I mean, nothing. Because someday that may come in handy, right? They were. They're, they were that. And, and I can't help. It, let's say I throw away a Keurig or an old refrigerator. I can't help but think of what it took to create that product. I mean, all the mining and transportation and assembly and shipping and storage and delivery. People have no idea. No. No idea. And then what it's going to take to make another one so I can have a new one. I just can't help but mentally go there, you know, when, when you have these big utilities go, get rid of that, you know, inefficient refrigerator. We'll pick it up for Buy you. a new one for only 2500 or $3,000. I go, wait a minute. You know what? How efficient. That thing would have to literally use no energy for about 10 years to actually make that transaction pay over time. You're right. On the environment and in my pocketbook. You're right. That, that, <laughs> absolutely right. Hey, you know how we're always uh, reminding people the colder it is outside, the harder your house has to work to stay warm. Yeah. Well, Bull's Champ Water wants to remind us that fact is true for your body as well. The colder it gets outside, the harder your body has to work to maintain that 98.6 degree temperature. The more water you drink from Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions, the better you're going to be hydrated, the better your body is going to feel. That is from Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions. Yeah, that you know what? I, I have to remind myself of that a lot. I drink a lot of liquid, but I don't drink enough water. Same, same. You know, and I used to. Uh, when I was working a lot, it was just a no-brainer. And and now it's like I got to remind myself, you know, put the Gatorade down or the coffee or whatever it is, you know, the the, the juice, and just drink some pure water. It's like when I go out to dinner now, I purposely drink water every time, not just because you it saves me money in every restaurant, but it's, much. but it's 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 better for you. Yeah, yeah it's better for you. And so. I tend to do the hot tea thing all the time. <laughs> right. It's crazy. We're getting a lot of questions. We had one the other day from a good friend of ours whose uh, son's uh, water tank went out. And people asking us, is it, you know, should we get a new hot water tank? Why are they going out so quick? Why are they so expensive? Should I get an on-demand unit or a regular hot water unit? And we'll talk about that, but let's talk to Eugene. People in Shelby today are having some issues um, who's having an issue with his water heater. Good morning, Eugene. You're on with the guys. Hello. So, yeah, our uh, 18-year-old Richmond 30-gallon uh, hot water tank uh, gave up the ghost finally and uh 18 years ago we paid uh for it and installation 664 dollars and today we're getting quotes in the 1300 dollar range yep that still seems and, inexpensive uh, to me. A, well we reside in a, in a manufactured home and i know oh, okay. they're generally more expensive sure. Shouldn't be. I mean, if it's a standard, you know, a gas-fired water heater, we actually would have guessed a little higher than thirteen, probably fifteen to, yeah. to nineteen hundred yeah. bucks for an install. Um, they have. I mean, there's no question. You know, you, you mentioned paying under seven hundred bucks, and now it's like almost double that. And actually, that's less of an increase than a lot of other product you and I have seen. Kim. And it kind of goes along with part of the theme today, the design obsolescence issue where these hot, these water heaters, like, don't say hot water heaters, Ken, where the water heaters used to last 20, 30 years. Now their average lifespan is 9 to 11 years. You said he got 18 out of this? That's, so that's pretty we've good. had a good, a good uh, lifespan of 18 years out of that Richmond. Then. You did good. You owe that water heater money. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then $1,300 is not unreasonable, and that's uh, 18 years later and inflation and well, everything. You need, two, you need two guys to install it. It you really know, is. It, it, there's so much more than just the water heater itself involved. I would have no problem paying that price. That's a pretty good price. Uh, that's the best way to put okay. it. Okay. I'd be happy if I got quoted thirteen fifty right. <laughs> for the install. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. We appreciate but your call. Called. All right. Thank you very you, much. Thank you me. bet. Thanks, Thank Eugene. You, you know what? Let's remind him and all of our listeners, make sure you're dealing with a plumbing company that is really clear on what the warranty is on that install. Great point. However, if your hot water heater went, if your water heater went, what plumbing company would you be dealing with, Chuck? Well, sadly, you know that I probably would do it myself. Exactly. That's why I asked that. <laughs> because um, if people were listening to our show yesterday at 4 o'clock, we had a bo- bonus show from Cam. I know. I was just thinking of Progressive Plumbing. We had Progressive yeah. Plumbing on, and those are plumbing supply houses that will sell those to homeowners. To a fool like me that'll still put his own yes, in. <laughs> yes, And that's probably going to be the best place you're going to You're going to get the best price at a place like I'm going to go plumbing. to a place where the plumbers go yeah, exactly. always. Exactly. Uh, it's funny because we talked about sump pumps with him as well. And um, I'm going to buy the best that I think the plumber would buy. And I've had great luck over the generation you know, and a half that I've been doing that. I don't recommend that people put in their own, by the way. But... If you buy the best, it's going to last longer. And again, he had, Eugene got 18 years out of that. He should be going, thank you, Lord. He should be, absolutely. <laughs> and a manufactured, manufactured home as well. So usually when those go, either they go or they leak. They stop working or they leak. So I think he, Eugene's you're, he you're did in pretty good. good shape. Hey, I want to remind people to stick around at the end of the show today. we got a bonus hour coming up between 12 and noon with our great friends over at Window World. And when we come back from break, we'll be taking your phone calls at 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. And we're going to make this next segment of the Inside Outside Guys brought to you by our longtime good friend sponsor, Pro Home Improvement. 888-654-4897. And, of course, during the week, InsideOutsideGuys.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we love hearing from you. We do. We do. You know, we, we appreciate so much when you, the listeners, email us and tell us how much you enjoy the show. And, and one of our classical response is hopefully everyone out there listening sees how much Chuck and I enjoy bringing this show to you. I mean, for me to wake up every weekend for the last 14 years and look at you, I must enjoy this. I was just going to say, that's a brutal price to pay. <laughs> and we Your actually do look at each other during the entire show, which is, yeah. My wife said, how can anybody do that? She, With she said, you. My wife said, I realize I'm condemned, but why would Ken volunteer for that? Yeah, you got offended with your wife recently. I think she said she asked you about you. You asked her if you had any annoying, annoying traits, and then you got offended when she broke out the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. How long have you been waiting for that one? I put it on Facebook this week. I thought it was a good. I like joke. that. I like that a lot. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. March thirteenth. It's a holiday for me. It's the day after my wife's birthday. Well, it should be a holiday for you then. March 13th. Yes. I have no clue. I think, I think so many people out there, if they could, would make this specific one. There's two of them. Do we spring forward? Yeah, we March? do. Ah, you guessed it. See, you're, Come so, on. you're so transparent. <laughs> like uh, Spectrum's windows, right? <laughs> um, 
I think most people would rather celebrate that day than almost any other holiday but Christmas or Easter. Because that's the day to celebrate. We know winter's behind us when we can be outside or the kids can be outside to 8.30, 9 o'clock So you're too dependent on bureaucracy. I woke up this morning (laughs) and I just realized the sun was coming up early and the days were getting longer. So I don't need the government to tell me that or to post a day for that. Well, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. You do. (laughs) I still like Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, well, me too. Me too. But I love daylight. Everything's better. I've got a really good friend. Who loves winter? Winter. Just you have love one winter. good friend, and uh, you constantly brag about it. And I tell him, move to Alaska. He's not that good a friend. <laughs> move to Alaska. If you love winter so much, go to Alaska. Stop coming here and trying to convince us how wonderful it is. You and I, Ugh. two days this week, had to drive a long distance after those bad snowstorms. And both those times, you when you got to the, you need to have your mouth washed out with soap, on, man. <laughs> you do not like driving to that stuff. There's nothing I no good about longer, it. I did it for a lot of decades, and I did it joyfully. And now it's like it's like shoving toothpicks up my fingernails to have to wet fingernail. If everybody, well, good point. If everybody else would get off the road when I had to make those drives, I'd be good with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Typical Michigan mail driver. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Let's go to the phones and talk to Rob in Southgate. Good morning, Rob. You're on with the guys. Morning, guys. Uh, I've got a natural fireplace that I haven't used in like 10 years. Uh, In the basement below that, there's two ash pits. I think they're called little doors to open. I noticed that uh, there's like kind of a cold air draft coming uh, from from in those areas. Can I seal those off? Because I'm, I'm probably never going to use that. I might convert that to electric fireplace insert in there or some kind of gas fireplace in the future. So can I seal no that leaking? off? No leaking out of those, those ash pit doors? Any water at all down there? No. Then I would just grab some caulk, and I would caulk that thing shut, and I'd caulk around it and, and seal mm-hmm. it off. And I'd make I could a note. Put in there like a, uh, I don't know, insulation, then kind of cock it off after that. If you choose to do that, you certainly can. It's your house. Okay. Make sure you put any subsequent buyers of the home on notice that you've done that. That that's that'd be my only caveat. Yeah, yeah. and the reason Chuck says that that's a great area. That's why I asked about leaking. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have leaks, that's where they're going to start. And that's why I said if you just want to seal them off with a caulk, at least that way, you know, eventually if it starts leaking, you get water in there, you may see some evidence of it. Um, but if you seal it off totally. You can stuff some good fiberglass bat down there because then you could pull it out if you had to. Yeah, right. If you if you seal it off totally and paint over it and the home the next homeowners get a leak, they're going to have no idea where it's coming from. And they could wind up spending a lot of money <laughs> trying to figure that hmm. part out. So, yeah. I don't know. Where would the water suggestion. come from? The uh, exterior well, those. Those things leak like crazy. I mean, we get we get emails every day, and and you know you've heard water always win, and that is just inside of that area is just a big pit, just a big pit. So when the water starts to infiltrate into your house, it finds the easiest spot, and that's it. They fill up, and they start leaking out of those doors. And it's just masonry, so water you know up against that masonry on the outside can work its way through into the path of least resistance, which, like Ken said, is just an open pit. (laughs) There's a a pit next to the actual upstairs, the National Fireplace. There's like a 
two foot by three foot high opening. I think that's where you store wood, maybe like a pit. Not really a pit, but just like an opening. It's bricked. I noticed some kind of cold coming from there. And in the past, water has gotten through that spot, through the mortar. And I sealed that on the outside. You know, it was on the steps. That's what fixed it, the mortar. And yep. But it still seems like there's some cold air coming a little bit from that area. Can I seal that off, too? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If that's just a wood storage, you know, which is fairly yep. common. We used to build them. I'm sure you did, too, Ken. You could put some rigid foam cut, Pink. yeah, cut, cut um, perfectly, you know, snugly, and and push it against the back wall of that a couple inches, and then put a maybe a varnished piece of plywood over the top of it so it looks good. Uh, but you'll gain a lot of thermal insulation from something like that, and it, it'll be pretty easy. Gotcha. So put then maybe brick over that part, maybe. You could. Uh, it, it, it may not be necessary, but, uh, I mean, if you put something, you know, as a backer against that styrofoam that will take abuse from the logs you throw in there and yet look like the surrounding trim, that would be an easy and expensive way to do it. Um, remember, brick is not a good thermal insulator. Mm-hmm. The one inch of foam has the thermal insulation capabilities of something like 52 inches of of common brick. So ideally, if you're looking to shut off what you feel is that cold draft like you would from a cheap window, then a good insulator like a rigid foam is going to be your best bet. And then something over the face of that to protect it and keep you from having to look at rigid foam when you look at that firebox. Right. I'm thinking about redoing the fireplace with kind of like a stone. Just It's brick now, like brownish brick. But thinking about going over like stone. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no problem at all. You can actually you can put it right against the brick. You don't need to do anything else. You just butter the back of those stones with the, the mortar, and you can put it right up against there. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Appreciate it, guys. No problem at all, buddy. Stay well. Stay Thanks. well. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open. Give us a call, just like Tim did from Lake Orion. Good morning, Tim. You're on with the guys on WJR. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, got a quick question for you. I have a basement and a new uh, build. Thinking about finishing the basement, and there is a walkout with a couple windows. And I was looking at potentially doing uh, heated tile, but that got really cost prohibitive very quickly. So I'm considering maybe putting additional heating element, a fireplace, gas fireplace. Wonder what your thoughts were regarding uh, vent-free versus vented in a basement and the square footage I'm going to finish is probably around 1800. Maybe a little Great question. Great question. Chuck, do you remember us being at the international builder show years ago and having this um, debate with one of the people trying to sell sell us the uh, vent, the vent free fireplace, not sell us, but talk us into oh, the absolutely. Vent-free. And you and I were just talking to a basement finishing expert yeah. a few days ago about basements this plus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, we, it, we like the idea, if you're going to use natural gas, any any fuel, that you're going to vent it. Uh, that's just kind of where we come from with it. And there's so much efficiency in the good units out there today that you don't have to give up, you know, uh, you know, cold drafting when it's not in use. And if a fireplace isn't, vet, isn't vented, 
you know, where's the carbon dioxide? It's, it's creating yeah. some carbon dioxide, right? I mean, it's, if you're burning a fuel, if you're burning a fuel, then you've got some waste product that's sticking around the house, right? Yeah, so, so <laughs> well, definitely they, like vented. Talking to the, yes, I'm talking to the people at the store because I do have in the house today. I have a vent free and a ventless and a air a vented, but the, the cubic space they said if you got enough cubic space, it it will dissipate that. It won't really, you know, we smell a little bit maybe at the start, but it burns off. Um, That's how they sell it. Yeah, we've heard that. Can you hold on over the break? We'll talk about this some more, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. You just mentioned it, Chuck. If if you're getting your basement refinished, if if you want to not go up, not go out, but go down for your best value, just like Tim is doing, Basements Plus can make your basement look absolutely beautiful but they may want to dry it first. Let's make this next segment, the Inside Outside Guys, brought to you by Basements Plus. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us. want to remind you the phone lines are open for the uh, next half hour, 888-654-4897. And then Ken and I are going to fly like the wind over to Window World and spend the hour between 12 and 1 o'clock talking to Niles and Halim Sheena about a product that has a life, a literal lifetime Warranty on everything, including the glass. I know. Kid could throw a, a ball through the glass, and they'd come out and replace it for no cost. Well, Halim says, as long as I own this business, if the screens rip, we're going to repair them, which I or love. Or replace them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I just love it. Right now, we're talking to Tim from Lake Orion, who has a question about vented or non-vented gas fireplace. We're trying to give him some advice for that. We know... We know they've come a long way. Like everything else, the non-vented fireplaces have come a long way. And they say if you have a certain amount of square footage you are in that room, you're not going to notice it. But it's still there, Chuck. For me, it's an issue. Me too. Um, I'll tell you what. uh, The electric uh, units might be worth looking at. There are some beautiful and extremely affordable uh, electric units that are available. They have rheostat control on the heat. They have light control, so you can change the light settings and what kind of amp- uh, ambience. Blower motors. Yeah, you, and the blower motor on them. Um, and they're really inexpensive. I mean, 400 bucks gets you a very nice-looking, you know, 48-inch long unit. So Tim, you, you might look at those, yeah. Tim. Tim, who are you talking to? What company are you talking to about this? At this point, I'm in the planning phase. Uh, I got Fireside out in Lake Orion. They're pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think the other one that I've talked to. But uh, the, the thing is, I got to go. Um, the, the unit will be located, let's say, in the north wall of a basement, and I got to get the heat moved all the way across to the south end where there's going to be more, let's say, a TV area or something like that. So I'm concerned about, A, getting enough uh, heat moving. And if we do use a fan, it's something that's going to push the air that far with the fireplace and then also be quiet enough not going to you know, irritate people if it's on and not full or something like that. So Good luck with that. Yeah. For... <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, yeah. for the distance and the cubic footage you're dealing with, um, that's tough, you know, because you're talking about a floor that's sitting on top of dirt, you know, so it's, it's going to mm-hmm. transmit heat very yeah. quickly forever, assuming you're doing nothing but putting a carpeting over that or a Motor City Floors and Coatings finish over it or something like that. Um, that's going to be a big issue yeah. no matter what you go with. You might consider some electric baseboard on the opposite walls. Um, okay. Furniture uh, arrangements will play into that as well, you know. Um, if you're yeah. sitting on a big old overstuffed couch, then 
if there's heat moving behind you, that's not as important as if maybe there's radiant heat in front of you. Right. Yeah, good point. point. I didn't think about the radiant heat. That might be a good option uh, to go along the baseboards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there something, is there a place I could look at for, for the radiant heat uh, baseboard type thing? I'll tell you or what. You can go go online and research it because it, it is a no-brainer. It hasn't changed in, I don't know, Ken, what, 25, 30 or years? Or more. Yeah. They're all separately rheostat controlled, you know, so you could put 25 lineal feet of it down there and have every five feet on its own thermostat, you know, so that you weren't worried about, you know, burning the uh, electricity. But they are extremely quiet, efficient, and the fact that, you know, they radiate, they go hot to cold like you want it to do in a space like that. <laughs> So that yeah. might be a good supplementary it, heat. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, do those typically run on uh, 220, or 220 line or uh, on a few? No. Or a no, they run on, on 120. Residential. Yeah. They, you're going to run, okay. if you're going to run that, you're going to run a separate 20 amp circuit for, for your best efficiency for those. But again, that's compared to other installs for heating sources, that is, is dirt cheap. It's a great yeah, supplementary a idea. Heat, heat source. For additional heat down there. It really okay, is. Hey, Tim, let us know how it goes, please. Uh, we appreciate your call. Yeah, I guess. Okay, thank you. Have a good day, guys. Stay well, Tim. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Good question, man. It is a good question. You know, Chuck, I was online recently, and I saw a um, an ad for a dryer vent that was coming out of the roof, and it was on a two-story. I had no idea it was, like, inside. But a dryer vent going straight up and coming out of the roof, we don't like. So uh, let's talk to Margaret from Westland, who has a question about the proper way to vent her dryer that is in the basement. Good morning, Margaret. You're on with the guys. Excellent. Um, I have a gentleman coming out this coming Wednesday, and he's uh, installing a gas line from my, I'm not going to call it a hot water heater, I, my water tank over to the edge of the wall and stuff where my laundry tub is and everything else. And, and I have those, one of those aluminum pipes already. And what I was going to do is go to one of the local hardware, the stores, and get the elbow that goes in the, on the end and then the, the pipe that goes up the wall to go to the exhaust. And I already have one, and the gentleman said, oh, there's something there. He said, there's a product. He said, it's lighter weight and cheaper than that, but I'm in a rental property. I can't use that, like, accordion-type stuff. No, so I don't, don't know what the guy yeah. was talking about. Well, Us either. No, and you should be afraid. <laughs> if he, I mean, there, I don't think there's, there is a product out there that's lighter weight and better than the aluminum now you can go heavier there's that white better. plastic stuff that we've seen people use which is terrible the you accordion the accor well that's yeah. why i say i don't think there is one right it's horrible stuff right uh and quite frankly it's it's illegal in a lot of jurisdictions anymore if it's the plastic accordion um right we so would use a solid the, pipe the, like i said i've got the tube that you buy from the like you know lowe's or home depot that it's sure you know it's already done and he said oh they got lighter ones than that and, and i'm thinking i don't know what the guy's talking about well, you know what? If you're if you're in a, a basement in Westland, I mean, you're not talking about going up a couple feet, maybe six feet total, and Hopefully. going out and Hopefully. out, right, and going out right. out of the rim joist. Yeah, you can find hard yep. pipe that that a homeowner can pretty PVC. easily install. You can put PVC. Yeah, well, there you go too. Yeah, that a homeowner can very easily install. So, we don't <laughs> like the accordion stuff. Not only is it uh, easier to catch fire, but it will, all those little ribs. Our spots is going to catch all that lint that makes it easier to catch fire. So we don't like those. Right. 
So you my want something is, real so smooth the, the and short. The pipe that I have that bended aluminum, um, should I just, once, uh, now that I already have one piece of it, should I just continue with that? And, and I've got that, that metal tape or that, you know, that silvery-looking tape that you tape it together with. I have that the already. The real, the genuine tape for ducts. Yes. Yes, not what we typically call duct tape. Yes. Do you see Correct. Tea? Oh, it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. silvery, yeah, shiny, real yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Give it a try and, and send it to us. Send a picture to us. <laughs> okay. We'll but let yeah, you know. So if it's said, what we think it is. Something that was lighter weight and, and less cheaper, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have, what's that? <laughs> you know what? You don't want to save so. money okay. on that. that <laughs> you, want to, you want the best Good product point. you can put in there. That keeps you worry free. <laughs> and, and no matter what he has, what are you saving? Five bucks? <laughs> I don't care if it's yeah. fifty. It is right. worth it. So would you suggest right. so would you suggest the PVC pipe instead? Or or the product you're using. I mean the product you're using is a slippery pipe. You gotta make sure if you install that in sections as it goes up the wall, that you install it such that lint will flow past the joints. If you install it install it upside down, the lint will get caught on the joints. So that's about the only mistake you can make with that stuff, that the joints okay, flow Thank with the that. exhaust. Sorry. I'm sorry, say that again? The, what about, what if, the exhaust is already in the wall. It's already, it's already on there. Well, hopefully somebody installed it properly. Right, right. <laughs> like I said, if you want to send us a picture when you're done, we'll tell you what we think. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Appreciate your call. What I agree with you. What are you going to save? I know. Yeah. Over duct pipe. I mean, dryer vent duct pipe is about. <laughs> I don't know what else you could possibly use that's lighter and cheaper, and safe. I mean, and got, that's and the key. Safe. That's the key and safe. All right. Let's go to Dave in Jackson. Good morning, Dave. You're on with the guys. Hey. Good morning. Uh, it's uh, even Dave can do it out here in Grass Lake, Jackson County. <laughs> Good, bud. What's going it. on? Here's a one of my top ten rules of several, maybe seven decades on life. You know, uh, the University of Hard Knocks. I've taken graduate classes there, but uh, don't <laughs> be cheap with duct tape. Get the best stuff you can. Get. I don't care the price. Red, green, and duct pipe. <laughs> And wiring, and I mean the list goes Cock. on. Yeah, right. yeah. Why? Why would you do that? You know, I, I can see if I hired Ken to install a masonry chimney for me and said, Ken, we got to save a couple hundred bucks. You know, buy the cheapest flue liner and brick and mortar you can. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, are you out of your mind, Chuck? <laughs> so, Dave, you have a walkout basement. Well, this is the couple that I'm helping out. They've got a solar array. They spent $20,000 on the solar array. They're totally into green, and I love the people like you know, my parents. But They've got a beautiful house, and they've got a walkout basement. It's probably 1,000 square foot on the estimate. It might be a little more. And she is cold down there, and he likes to watch. That's where they. That's where he likes to watch TV the most. But she, they've got three additional. Um, well, they've got some ventilation from the gas furnace, but or when I say ventilation, heat from the ceiling ducts. They've got three fifteen hundred watt plug in heaters around that area, which are really not making it. I I like it a little bit cooler, and I 
And I believe that females sometimes feel a little bit chillier than, you know, I better not. Oh, we all know that's Anyways, true. But, but, but really, you know, and, and you were talking about these units just a couple of callers ago when I said, you know, I'm going to call you guys. It's hard yeah. to explain. Maybe I should probably write you an email and shoot you some pics to what we're dealing with. You know what? Let's uh, if you hold on after break, we'll uh, we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, we'll come back and chat about right this on. if you want to. Yeah, because I have sure. a walkout basement. I can't keep that thing warm for anything. So, <laughs> um, okay, to do. let's go ahead and make this next. We, tell you what, we've had a hard time over our many years on the air finding a good pest company that can take care of our listeners. Well, people don't realize that in weather like we've had. The pests are finding the walls of your house and the attic spaces in your house. Yes, and at this time of year, you're wondering, where did that stink bug come from? Where did that that marmalated stink bug come from? If they're finding openings, think what can get in that opening. We want you to get rid of those by calling Rove, R-O-V-E, Pest Control. That's right, the Inside Outside guys have the answers every Saturday and Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right here on WJR. But... If it's not a Saturday or Sunday morning, you have a question, you have to answer it, you go to the insideoutsideguys.com, ask on, click on Ask a Question, and we will answer that question every time. And i got to say something, Chuck. We had someone that said that they emailed us three times and we never got back to them. And I'm, you're shaking your head. Chances of that are pretty slim. Pretty slim. Many times, Chuck and I will go try to answer an email back, and whoever sent it to us typed it in wrong. Or they have a filter on there that they won't take emails once we try to send it. We get stuff kicked back to us all the time. And once it's kicked back to us, nothing we can do. there's nothing we can do. We understand people are going to be disappointed. But when you send us an email, please make sure all the information is right when you get it back. Also, want to make sure everyone knows how much we love the emails. You may send us a, a, a four or five paragraph email. Our answers are usually going to be pretty quick. And pretty short because we need to understand Chuck and I can answer emails all day, all the time. So we try to get these emails put, you know, knocked back out to you as fast as possible. Well, we also try to give you a complete answer all the time, though. I don't want to make it sound like we're shortchanging. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I, I 100% agree with you, but we have to condense some of them. Some of them might not, our answers aren't going to be as long as some of the emails that we have, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So 888 654 guys. Let's continue the discussion with Dave. Who needs some advice on heating the walkout basement? And Dave, Chuck and I on break were saying, you know, I have a walkout basement. Chuck's lived in walkout basement. They're, they're almost, unless you do a radiant floor underneath that concrete. Yeah, that's a thought of mine, but go ahead. Yeah, they're just, they're going to get cold. And, and you can do the baseboard heating with a gentleman we talked to in uh, Lake Orion just before that. The baseboard heating is a good option. But, uh, boy, if you're going to make the downstairs a living space, you're going to spend more to heat it. How much like. headroom do they have down there? Well, they've got pretty high. I think it's probably, see, if I'm six, it's got to be at least 10 foot. Oh, heck. I mean, so they got plenty of room to put a gypcrete and a uh, hydronic they call what? floor down there. Uh, literally where they would run um, hydronic heating lines, PEX pipe. To heat the floor and then pour uh, what they call gypcrete, which is high cement concrete, over the top of that. It would raise the floor maybe three inches, but now you'd have a heated floor. 
All right, now this is a, you know, they put a lot of money in. Money's not an issue with these folks, by the way. I just want to throw, out, throw cool. that out. But this is a finished basement now. They put probably oh. twenty grand just to finish the darn thing. Ah. So that floor heating, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of, to take up the car. The yeah, it would be a lot. Uh, it would be a lot. But no matter what you do, also, if you have that much over, uh, headroom, put a ceiling fan in as well. Get that ceiling fan moving that air as well. That's going to help keep them warm. I, I adjusted I adjusted them also to push it down, you know, obviously in the wintertime. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, but I'm also thinking, I mean, if you put a third, she talked about a third furnace on the, you know, down there, would there be room for ductwork and return air to keep her feet, feeties warm? <laughs> well, you could put a downdraft unit in there, but you're, you're kind of fighting the idea that warm air is going to want to rise. And All that's right. the, the brutal part of basements, you know. And if it's her feet that she's mainly complaining about, yeah. well, Chuck's I think, suggestions it's, her, I think it's her whole thing there. You know, I mean, you know, just in general. I mean, heat's going to go to cold, but warm air is going to rise. So if you put a, a forced air unit down there, even if it's a downdraft unit, that air, that warm air is going to try to rise as fast as it can come out of whatever supply duct you put in. You're not going to tear up the right. floor. You've already indicated that you don't. You know that that expense is beyond. Yeah, ideally, you'd have supply duct and register in the floor, and have a downdraft furnace there. But that's probably not going to happen. Well, listen, it's it's very interesting to listen to that, and you know what I've I've been busting my butt trying to think and think and talk. I've talked to people, and I said, you know what, you're already talking about it, and well. Guess what? It's almost March 13th, and that's uh, <laughs> if Michelle's listening, one of my girlfriends. Happy birthday, lady, coming up. Be cool, man. See you. <laughs> Thank you. It. Thank you very much, I bud. I love it. Thanks, Dave. We'll, we'll talk. Okay, let's uh, go to Paul in Armada. Good morning, Paul. You're on with the guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I have Good, sir. I got a metal pole barn out here. I'm trying to insulate the... Uh, ceiling and i you know i was gonna run the foam board in between all the metal you know on the roof and i know it's with that big storm the other few days the the wind brought the snow inside the barn so now i'm thinking i might not want to do that just yet how would i know how to properly vent this barn i guess i'll say and uh it don't have soffit overhangs like a house. I mean, how would I get around that? Because I know it's got to be vented properly. I don't want to rot the barn out, I guess, in the process. Yeah, but most bull par- most barns are naturally <laughs> vented. There's, they're, they're not real tight. I know. It depend- yeah, it's like I want to see the building, and I want to know what the specifications on the side walls and the roof were. You could do a hot deck, you know, where you have spray foam sprayed on the underside of the existing deck. Uh yeah. But you may have vent concerns if you're generating moisture and heat in there. Or you could put a ceiling in there, you know, and then insulate the ceiling plane, which would probably be uh, the least expensive, most effective thing that would still allow you to vent the attic naturally. Yeah, because yeah, cause I'm wondering, or it's at my parents' barn, you know, my dad wants the skylight so he don't want to knock down the ceiling. And I was like, oh, if I do that foam board, it just... I don't want to find out moisture is behind it other times of the year, I guess I'll say. Um, no, and skylights are extremely inefficient unless you've got a really good 
residential grade skylight in there, which would not be typical of a pole barn. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just yeah, them transparent. I call them skylights. I guess. Um, yeah, they're what? plastic oh, extrusion. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What, would it be possible to run the foam board across the two by fours and not go in between to the actual metal, or would that be a bad idea to leave that space, the three and a half inches on the two by fours in there? We're both shaking our head. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. At all. Oh, really? You know, oh, yeah. Does that have a regular metal? Does that have a metal roof or a shingle? Yeah, it's a metal roof. You can spray spray right under it. I was going to say, over time, you might have some issues with the roof decking, but if you could ventilate that space. But, yeah, put the foam right on the bottom edge of the uh, uh, bottom cord of the trusses. That'd yep. work. Yep. Paul, yeah. we have to go, bud. We appreciate it. Uh, right send us an email. This is up next week. Thank you, buddy. Hey, we want everyone to stick around. The Inside Outside guys are going to get in their cars and race over to Window World. And talk to Niles and Halim Sheena, home of the lifetime warranty. Stick around for more from the Inside Outside Guys on WJR.